you only get one shot at retirement. So you better get it right. That's why we're here to help you with income planning, investment planning, and making sure you're taking advantage of advanced tax planning. Eliminate the financial worries of tomorrow and retire with certainty today by listening to Phil Putney of AFS Wealth Management. This is the podcast for you if you need to eliminate lots of question marks that surround your current financial plan. Welcome to Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts. Hey everybody, welcome into Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts. We appreciate you joining us as we talk investing, finance, and retirement with my buddy Phil Putney. Phil, how are you, my friend? I am doing great. How about you, Mark? Hanging in there, still on uh, lockdown, as we can see, but you know. Yeah, lockdown still. I know. Three weeks into the month, and hopefully the end of the month we'll we'll be out, so. Yeah, you guys got bumped back a little further, didn't you, so. Yeah, added a couple more weeks to it. Yep, yep. Ours did like the most minor thing, this whole list of stuff that came out and like literally one thing was changed. And it oh, was, really? okay. yeah, it was like this whole page, you know, they said like a PDF that you could share, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Retail stores went from 25% capacity to 50. That was it. Nothing. Okay. Else. Yeah. That, that was the only thing that changed. Huh? Yep. No restaurants. Well, they're they're no. starting to open up certain industries here. So the automotive yeah. industries are starting to open up and okay. all right. things like that. But, right, right. You know. Well, that's good. I mean, a little bit here and there helps, right? That's for sure. Yep. I got some financial terms, Phil, that folks might want to know or should know during the pandemic or just in general. So, you know, we, we see ebbs and flows in economic times. It doesn't have to be brought on by a pandemic. So I've got some things we can talk about. We can run through some of these. So I'm going to give them to you and you all basically right. break them down for us. Just kind of explain them for us. Okay. Sure. All right. So uh, what to call what happened? That's a little bit vague, but you know, is it a crash? Is it a bear? Is, what, what is it? Yeah. I mean, that's always the big question. What, what actually just happened? What right. are we going through? You know, and by, I guess, technical definitions, it was a bear market or is a bear market. Okay. You know, which means we've gone through a, a 20% decline since a peak. Okay. You All know, right. So we, we almost hit that in, in the 18, 19 timeframe, but definitely went way beyond that with 30 plus, like I think it was 34% was the, the bottom. Right. You right. Know, so definitely hit a bear market. So yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, whether it's a crash or, you know, whatever your definition is of, of what happened, but by technical definitions, it's a bear market. Okay. Know? So this prolonged price declines. <laughs> a meltdown. Is that a, is that a, <laughs> yeah. And this one, you know, so looking back at it and comparing it to other bear markets, I mean, um, it, it's, never happened like this before. Right. You know, it was never this. And we've talked a little about this on previous shows, but the decline quickness of it. Right. You want right. To say it, I mean, it, it happened so, so fast. Which would be so, like the downward side of like the V, you know, we heard a lot about a V pattern. So it's sharply right. down. Right. And yep, of course they yep. were hoping for a V back up, but they've since changed that. I think it went from a V to a U to a W, I think we're on a W now is what they're thinking. Yeah, it could be a W, you know, we, meaning we, we could have another downturn again before we uh, experience the true upside of the market. Right, you know, right. We have had some recovery, you know, and that's the funny thing is, okay, what do you really call? No one knows until the, the end, you know, at the very end, once it's all over, then then they'll point back and say, okay, oh yeah, it was a bear. Here's when yeah. it started. Here's yeah. when it ended. This is, you know. Well, and I moved around on my list because our types of recoveries are on there. So since we're on there, we'll just stay on it for a second. But I guess these shapes are, they're normally used with different kinds of market downturns. So that's not exclusive to the pandemic. It's something that is used, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, a V would be more of kind of what happened in the the 2018 timeframe. It was a 
relatively quick down, but it, it bounced back almost as quick as it, it fell. What about a six month kind of point to point time frame where it yeah. had fallen and we were almost back within that six month time, you know, it was gotcha. about three months down, three months back up. Uh, and there's an L so, shape. Is that just straight down and then stays down? Yeah, an L shape is just a long, you know. So that's almost like the the Great Depression time frame. Where okay. it was a deep that's fall what we do not. We, we don't want was, one of those then. Yeah, no, you don't want an L. Right. L L is not really good. So okay. that that was a long, hard recovery out of that. You know, U is where it falls and then it kind of gradually comes back. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. You know, you, you don't know if you recall maybe the the 2008. Um, although that was kind of a a W, it has some jagged pieces yeah. in it too. But I mean, it was kind of the normal once that hits the bottom it gradually comes back so well because you know, like, so you talk like april hope. right so april wound right. up being what what was it 16 percent i yeah, think yeah so, I mean, it's crazy yeah which was i mean a good considering everything was going on what was the i think there was an interesting tweet that i had seen at one point and it said uh in march you know there was like 1.6 million i'm just paraphrasing but 1.6 million unemployment claims and a 30, you know, 4% market decline. And then in April, there's, you know, 30 million jobless claims and, and the, the market's, six, going the up, market's yeah. up 16%. So, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, super kooky with everything that's what's been going on. So we'll continue. And markets markets are just strange. I mean, they're, uh, I was just reading an article this morning talking about it. I mean, they don't often correlate to the economy, you know, so the whole recovery was all on the hope and, you know, the government stimulus coming out and right. quarantines ending. And so that's why it bounced so quick. But as we've seen some of this drag on and, you know, stimulus hasn't come out as quick as everyone was hoping, we've kind of got in the stagnation. Yeah. You know, that's why we've been moving sideways over the last month, basically, after the, the quick run up. So, well, we're seeing a lot of conversation now, obviously about great depression numbers. And again, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. I think it's a bit unfair. I mean, that also was really, I mean, there's way more people now. And obviously there was a different kind of catalyst that put us in the sheer number of people that are on unemployment right this minute uh, is because everything is just, you know, was turned off. I mean, tons and tons and tons of industries just flat turned off, but I think it does bring fear about a possible L because we don't know how the ripple effect of, of all this is going to play out as time moves forward. But, you know, the Great Depression was a really long, <laughs> it wasn't oh, like it yeah, was a few like, months or anything. In that year, I mean, so another definition is what is a depression? You know, are okay, we there? Yeah. Not even close. Sure. I mean, depression, that is you're into this bear market. And usually, so depressions, recessions, those are economic terms. Okay. You know, it relates to declining in the GDP but usually a depression is a prolonged, it's multiple years, you know, where a recession right. is months, you know, might go into a year time frame, but it's usually a shorter decline in economic production. You know, so, so you've that's got, kind of where we're at now. We're in a recession. In a recession, right? So you've got the recession versus the depression. And of course, we're hoping to stave off, you know, depression, right. which is part of right. probably the argument about opening up and how to do that and how to kind of find that happy medium so we can stave off one of those. Correct. Yeah. Cause I mean, we've just started to see the, the beginnings of the recession. You know? Right. And this one was brought on by just the almost self-induced by all the, the shutdowns of the industries over time. Yeah. Self-induced you know? so is again, a good word. Yeah. You know, it's one of those, we've never seen it in history, you know, so <laughs> we never saw it as quickly as it fall, you know, as, as it fell the market and, and, you know, shutting down all these industries. And now, as we start to come back on, it, it's not going to be this light switch that, you know, 
June 1st, boom, everything's back to <laughs> right, uh, right. 100% we're going because it's not going to happen. There's uh, a lot of changes that have taken place and industries are going to come back slowly. Um, well, and I think we're seeing that, right? Too, we're, so. we're seeing that all over the the country in different areas and there's different pockets and all the different yep. things. And, you know, there's still a lot of, you know, divided feelings about what's right and what's not right. And, you know, it's, it, it, there's, you're probably just not going to get a good answer regardless. I mean, it's, it, you're, it's a learning curve anyway. So, right, you know, right. we're just going to have to work our way through it. Well, what we're doing is we're going through some financial terms here to know during the pandemic. So, you know, our first one, again, was kind of just, what do we call it? You know, was it a meltdown? Was it a bear? Was it a crash? You know, and then we talked about recession versus depression, types of recoveries. I got a couple more for you, Phil. What's sure. a, what's a VIX, a V-I-X? The VIX is a volatility index. So it's really a, okay. an index that measures kind of the expectations of volatility in the S&P 500. So it's by the Chicago Board of Options. It's an, an actual index um, that is, some people call it the fear index. Oh, you know, it, it, it usually is, is kind of coinciding with what's happening in the market. You know, right. So as the VIX rises, usually there's some kind of meltdown or something happening, a you know, decline in the market, whatever you want to call it, a, a bear that's taken place that, right. that is driving fear up, you know? So yeah, we saw a huge, again, increase in the VIX. <laughs> I bet the VIX um, was pegged. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, it was in, pretty much pegged back yeah, in as, March. as quickly yeah. as all of us fell. So yeah. yeah, so it's really that index of, you know, what does the expectation of the volatility in the S&P look like long-term? So. Okay. All right. So that's the VIX. Now as a CPA and a personal financial specialist, obviously you're going to be very familiar with this next term. And I'm sure that you, you know, is it something you use with your clients? So walk us through tax lost harvesting. Yeah. So tax lost harvesting is really just taking advantage of declines in a portfolio. Okay. You know, you often hear it's a, a paper loss, so to speak, they call it, meaning your portfolio is down, but you haven't actually realized the loss until you sell it. You know, and that's why a lot of times when you're in a, a decline like this, especially when you get to the bottom, mm -hmm. even though you're panicked and want to get out, maybe it might not be the right option to do depending on your scenario at that point, but you're locking in the loss at that point if you're out. Okay. So tax loss harvesting is, is really just trying to take advantage of that decline in the, the portfolio value by turning what was an unrecognized loss, just that paper loss, so to speak, into a realized loss. You actually sold it and you, you have a loss now for tax purposes. And again, so this only applies to what we would call a taxable or a non-qualified account. So IRAs, gotcha. it doesn't apply to. Okay. So, so it's really a, a tax play to, to realize and, and generate some losses that can then be used in future years to offset gains. Okay. You've just got to be careful with it, though, because there are some rules about you can't sell in and repurchase the exact same security. The IRS has what they call a wash sale rule, meaning that if you do that, now they're going to say you didn't really change your economic position. Ah, gotcha. you know, And if that's the case, they're, they're going to say, oh, it was just a shell game. So we're not going to let you have that loss. Right. So you have to make sure you're you're selling, you know, maybe Ford and buying GM or something of that nature. It can be in the same industry. Mm-hmm but it can't be the same security. Is it know? something so that just, people actively, and is it something that we wind up using more than we realize or that our advisors or maybe our CPAs are kind of taking advantage of, or, you know, is it something that, because we, we hear this term a lot, but I think it confuses people. Yeah. I mean, it, it's something that a, a lot of times we'll do it more towards the end of the year. Okay. You know, we're looking at 
because then you know, okay, well, here's the the lot or the gains potentially we have. Are there any securities or any positions in a portfolio that are down? You know, and then the second thing is, is there an acceptable equal that we can replace it with? Gotcha. Because you know? if you're okay. selling it, we can't repurchase the same thing within 30 days or otherwise right. we're going to get into this wash sale. Okay. You know, so right. a couple of moving pieces and it's, it's some work involved, you know, but it could play out long-term, you know, gotcha. especially if you realize you're going to have some gains, you can have losses today and those losses are carried for forever. So okay. it's not like you lose them. So. Right. Right. Okay. So that's tax loss harvesting. And obviously, you know, right now, when the market started to drop and then go back up, there's a lot that can be discussed with that with your advisor. Another one that gets a lot of attention, Phil, is index funds. Do they help people avoid some of the problems of the market downturn? There's been, you see a lot of different articles or posts about things like that. Well, maybe we should be looking at indexed funds or whatnot. First of all, what are they? And then what's your thoughts? When index fund is simply a fund that is meant to mirror an index, for instance, an S&P 500 fund. Yeah, there's a lot of them out there, but it, it's, I call it an unmanaged fund because okay. it really, there is no management going on of, uh, you know, a manager picking specific securities. It is simply set up to, to mirror an index, you know, so I mean, if, if you're a believer in the market and its efficiency and you want to buy the S&P 500, which you personally can't buy the S&P, it doesn't exist. It's a, a basket of securities. But there are S&P either index funds or ETFs that you could purchase that are, are set up to mirror that. You know, so that's really what an gotcha. index fund would be is a, a mirror of some index. So then it becomes a, a security that you could purchase. And did they help people if people were in an index fund prior to this whole pandemic drop? Was it, it is it useful? Well, I mean, the thing to realize when you're in an index fund is you're going to get what the index does. Okay. Right? So right. I mean, if, if you're comfortable with the volatility that we've seen in the S&P and, you know, wanted to ride 34% down and, you know, yeah, you've got some of the upside back, but you're still down significantly. It's, right. it's not being tactically managed or, you know, there's not any manager overseeing any specific strategy, hedging against downside, anything like that. It is purely, gotcha. and usually it goes along with if, if you're very uh, fee conscious. Okay. Yeah. So if you want a very low cost way of investing, and you Which believe a lot of people in long do. term the markets are efficient, then right. index funds could play out. So well, and again, it's you know it's a long term proposition, like anything. A lot of times, the, what the market can be um, correct. And to your point, you know, with with it being down, and we talked about April being a really, I think it was one of the, I think it was one of the top five Aprils of all time. I think, if I'm not mistaken, with the 16 percent or whatever. But so if it went down 34 or whatever the exact number was, and people go, well, April came back 16, so halfway back to where we were. That's not exactly accurate either, though, is it? No, I mean you've got to be careful on the the downturn. Yeah. So if you're down 30, now you only have 70 percent of the portfolio. Or down right. 33, you've got 66. You know, two thirds of your portfolio left. Right that's what you're realizing the gains off, you know? So if you had to make it easy, a 20% recovery off from that, you're might you're, you're thinking, well, I'm only, you know, 10, 13% down. Mm-hmm. Well, no, not really, because if I had 20% <laughs> of 66, I only made 13% of my 33 back. So, right, right. You know, so if you go down 30, the way back, so right. it's, it's, if you go down 35, you have to go back up. What is it? Some I forget the exact number, but it's it's more than 35 to get back. Well, way more. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, the extreme, I always try to, to help 
um, clients understand what that is. I mean, if you drop 50%, what do you need to get that back? You 100. need to double your portfolio. Right. Yeah. You know, which is now you can, I mean, that's the obviously the extreme, but that was the reality back in 2008. And right. we were down 50%. To get back just to where you started, you had to double off that point. And I'll so. take it. I mean, I'll take April being up. That was I'll take it for sure. But I'm just say it for folks out there. Just make sure you don't, you know, get that little false sense of security and go, "Whew, I'm halfway." You know, I'm halfway back to yeah, where yeah, it halfway was. back. Well, yeah, almost, but not quite. Uh, not yeah. quite. Not quite. All yeah, right, and that, that's really the you know the you got the headlines. You just got to be careful with. I mean, because oh, it's the best April. And, okay, well, yeah, yeah right. but it was off the the worst. You know downturn we've seen too. Right. Right. You know, over a short period of time. So yeah, it was a great April. But you can't take these little snippets of the market and look at it by itself and say, oh, that was great. I missed that. Well, yeah, but, you know, to get that, you had to experience the down 34. Yeah. You know, I, I it was funny when the market was, you know, when we were, you know, before this all started and it was just, you know, new highs, new highs were 24 on the on the down, 25, 26, 27. You know, we're going, going, going. And it seemed like, you know, talking about headlines, it seemed like they needed something to put up. And I would get up and I would see like, you know, Dow poised for a big drop today and it'd be like 150 points. You know, yeah, and yeah. it's like... <laughs> Who cared when it was at twenty nine thousand? You know, <laughs> yeah. Like, back in the day, that was a big number, but I mean, one hundred fifty was seemed like nothing, you know. Just you know, but now, you know, now they're back to doing that, and and it's gaining more. It gains more attention, right? So right now, if the market drops or goes up two hundred points for the day, people are like, oh, you know, because we've you know because we've come down off of that you know that high of twenty nine thousand. Yeah, the peak. Yeah. Interesting stuff. How we kind of you know latch on to those different things. All right. One more before we wrap this podcast up this week, Phil, and it's rebalancing. What is it? How often should we do it? And is it something clients should be talking to their advisor about? Well, so rebalancing really comes back to assuming you've got some kind of an allocation in your portfolio, Mm -hmm. you know, whether that's a make it easy, a, you know, 60, 40 is kind of a common uh, portfolio allocation, 60% stock and 40% bond. You know, obviously diversified within the stock and the bond holdings, but that is your your overall allocation. And rebalancing simply means taking a portfolio that over time is going to get out of balance because certain segments of that portfolio are going to outperform others. So over time, you might all of a sudden be 65, 35 or 70, you know, 30 or something different than where you originally started. So it means bringing that portfolio back into balance, rebalancing it back to the original allocation. Which is a good thing. I mean, over time, you, you never want to let your portfolio get too far out of line because then it's not what you originally intended. Right. As our time um, horizon changes, it should change, right? Well, correct. in theory. Well, and, and yeah, over time too, but just even with that allocation, you know, which during this time frame, yeah, it's a hard thing to do because the reality of a rebalance now would mean what your stocks are down a third or we're down a third. Right. Your bonds were steady, maybe up a little bit. So that means you're selling these winners, the bonds, and buying the loser, the stock, you know, which might seem to some counterintuitive. I'm taking good money, throwing it to bad money, you know, the money that's lost, but that's <laughs> right. that's the rebalance. That's and the over rebalancing, time, yeah. then that should help your portfolio grow better because you're buying low. You're ultimately doing what we're supposed to do, right? We're, right. we're selling high and buying low. So, um, and so in general, in times like this, is it something that people should be, you know, having done or asking about having done, or in some cases, I guess different types of setups, it may do it automatically, but right. And every like target date every funds and things a little different, right? Yeah. You know, so really you have to look at rebalancing. Usually it's set up on a, you know, maybe a quarterly basis. The, mm-hmm. the challenge with a rebalance, especially if it's in a taxable account, a, a non-qualified account, 
every time you're rebalancing, there's buys and sells. So that creates taxable activity. So you just got to be conscious of that. You know, you don't want to have right. a lot of activity that's generating all of a sudden capital gains and, and tax activity that you didn't want. But yeah, over time, you really need to, to do it. So, okay. you know, whether you're tactically doing it based on what's happening in the market, whether you have, you know, a specific time frame or whether you look at a portfolio and as it gets a certain level out of rebalance, you know, maybe there's this margin of 10, 15% out of rebalance, then you want it to trigger. Right. So. Okay. Well, there you go, folks. That's some terms that we thought you should know this week on the podcast. As always, we appreciate your time. So if you've got some questions, you've got concerns, as always, we, we remind you that before you take any action on anything, you should always check with a qualified professional like Phil. And of course you can reach Absolutely. out to him at 248-888-7530. You know, even though we're still doing the lockdown thing, he's still, you know, answering the phones and having virtual meetings and all the stuff we're doing, you know, on the cameras and on the on the yep, webs as yep. it is right now. So reach out to him, 248-888-7530. Go to AFSWealthMGT.com. That's AFSWealthMGT.com. And while you're there, subscribe to the podcast. If you haven't done so already, you can find it on uh, Apple or Google or Spotify. And we'll have that on uh, his Facebook page coming soon as well. We'll have some posts and things like that. So check out all that good stuff. And you can find him on the Facebook as well. The Facebook. I sound like my dad. You can find him on the Facebook. So with that, we'll say thanks for your time. As always, we appreciate you, Phil. Stay safe, stay sane, and we'll see you next time here on Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts. Sounds good. Thanks, Mark. See you, folks. Investment advisory services offered through AFS Wealth Management. The content of this program is provided for informational purposes only and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. Investments and or investment strategies involve risk, including the possible loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment strategy will achieve its objectives.